If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Dale Lippin in here with the fly. Dude, can I call you the fly in Hawaiian again? <laughs> you can because I flew here. <laughs> can I bring it back? Can I, br- I, know that, I know the Hawaiians got uh, got mad before, but here we are. The fly in Hawaiian himself, Trey Van Buskirk. What's up, buddy? You know, just here on vacation, but I wasn't going to you know, remove myself from probably the best part of my vacation here talking with you, good sir. I, I want to say a couple things. One. Even though you're on a little tiny rock in the middle of the ocean, uh, I feel like your internet quality is better than it normally is. Two, sound quality is better. And then three, I'm just going to go ahead and say it because we've been talking about it for weeks now. Your hair looks great. I'm actually really happy you brought up the hair. <laughs> okay. Well, I am. I did a couple things oh, uh, since no. I've been here. Um, oh, you know, no. like some people are like, dude, I'm going to Hawaii. I'm just going to get tan or I'm going to get in shape or I'm going to get some really good drinks. I wanted to get my hair lighter. Now, this isn't a gay thing. This is not a gay thing. I specifically came because I never get to see the sun because I have two kids and I'm running around and I rarely get to surf anymore. Maybe time jiu-jitsu gym, but I came here. Bro, I bought the hair lightener. Oh, you're so, dude, come on. Can you see this? Look at this hair. It looks feathered and lethal. Dude, I just... (laughs) <laughs> this is one of those things where you say it's the salt, it's the sun, it's the lack of stress that made your hair light. We can't come on the show and lead cold open with you putting hair lightener in. It's not it's not alpha. Oh, I don't, maybe oh, I don't yeah. know. No, <laughs> no. It, you know what? I'm not going to buy into the alpha archetype. You you do what you want, man. It's your hair. You look good. Far be it from me. Uh, let, let me ask you this: What have you been drinking since you've been down there? What's the uh, What's the oh, drink of man. choice on the island? Well, here's the thing: is like I've become such a heavyweight because we've just been downing Cutwater uh, Mai Tais <laughs> for the better part of two years. So right. coming over here, they're giving me the Mai Tais with the little mm. umbrella drinks in it. They cost first off, they cost eighteen dollars, and they're mm. weak as shit, Dale. Mm. Um, they don't understand what we're privy to and how we live our life. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is they're putting gasoline in in the Mai Tai. <laughs> At home. Yeah. yeah it's, it's it's watered down and it doesn't and it costs too much. All right. Um did you were you able to watch fights this last weekend? I did. And um, you know, I know we were we've we we've been cordial. I haven't seen you in a week, haven't really talked, but um <laughs> You know, when I go on a vacation, I always like to get all my affairs in order. I like mm-hmm. to make sure I'm organized, handle all my emails, mm-hmm. just be, you know, ready to go. And I will say I was a little bit disorganized because I didn't really send you my plays. I was mm-hmm. in the uh, middle of traveling to this rock in the middle of the ocean. And so I just said, you know what? I'm going to have faith in uh, my good buddy Dale here. I'm just going to mm-hmm. let him just yep. ride. What he sends will be the source of truth and we will go from there. Yep. You done, you done fucked up, Dale. Yeah. You done fucked up. <laughs> yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, Defend yourself. Well, I don't. I mean, there's there's a small defense to be had. Okay, um, 
I feel like I was on the right side of a lot of those plays. Now, did it shake out that way? No. Sometimes, I mean, it's, it's just the way the ball rolls down the hill, man. Sometimes it just does not go to you. And I will stand by Glover being the, the, the right play there as he was up on the scorecards going into the fifth round. He had Yuri rocked and jumped on a guillotine, which made no sense. Uh, and then Glover by sub was at plus 345. He That head and arm choke that he had him in was about as tight as you could ever hope for it to be from a jujitsu black belt and a guy that's won four out of his last six fights by submission. That was the play. Those two plays were the play there, and if they would have hit, that would have put us at plus money on both, and we would have ended the night on positive units. I stand by those being the right plays. Now, Lee Lee Neong or whatever her name was, um, getting slept cold by Silvana Juarez Gomez or Gomez Juarez or whatever her name is, uh, when we bet Liang Na, she was an underdog. That line saw so much movement by the time the fight started, she was the favorite. So women's science actually played out the way it was supposed to. We were a victim of our own science, uh, but the play had already been put out. And then uh, Brennan Allen by TKO sub. I, I have no idea what Brennan Allen was doing. I, I have no idea. what I, I'm almost willing to put that dude on no bet list because he's so inconsistent. He, he is the poster child of how Henry Hooft ruins fighters. He makes everybody think they're kickboxers. I don't – anyway, different rant for a different day. And then uh, the only other one that I was salty about was the Shevchenko and uh, Santos under four and a half. We literally gave ourselves 23 and a half minutes for that to happen. And I, I – the clash of heads or eye was swollen shut. Santos had her in like 11 different rear naked chokes that looked tight, neck cranks, the whole nine. That was the play. Um, I, I stand by these being good plays. They just didn't hit, man. You know, I, I guess if you're judging me by wins and losses, yes, I had a terrible night. And if you look at it from a cursory glance, you'll go, that guy's terrible at betting fights. But if you watch the fights and you played our played our plays, you were watching them going, this could have happened. You're not going, man, that, that, that was just shitty and completely wrong. The only one that was shitty and completely wrong was uh, Ramona Pascal and Jocelyn Edwards inside the distance. That fight never had a chance of being ended inside the distance. Other than that, I, I stand by my place. I'm good at this. Transparently. Yeah. I didn't catch a majority of the event. Um, with that said, <laughs> who is the, who is the, uh, who's the commentary team? It was Bisping. Anik. And somebody else, not Rogan. Wasn't DC? I don't think so. Okay. Because I did see you go pretty hard in the paint on Instagram about DC. And, I, uh, you know, speaking of you being what'd salty. What I said about DC? You said something like, I'd rather be deaf, mute, and I, maybe even dead than listen to DC commentate. Pretty no. Sure no, 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 no. That wasn't me. Yeah, it was DC. Okay. I didn't say that. And you said that. I'm going to start. That? I'm going to just start injecting quotes, whether they're true or not, and just labeling them. Dale what up. did I say? Yeah. That? Okay. Oh, okay. So you love DC's commentary. It's not my favorite, but I don't. Did I say that? Boy, that's hardcore. Did I really say that, man? How many cut waters were you deep, sir? I, apparently a few. 
Golly. All right, go ahead. Keep going. You're going to start saying that I said the stuff I didn't say. That's fine. No, no. I just, I wanted to, I didn't know if he was part of the commentary team and how atrocious it was. It sounds like he was a part of the commentary team. Um, it sounds like you probably did mute it. Um, Apparently I didn't. Golly, I really don't remember. I really don't remember that. Well, tell me how you really feel, dude. Take the bait. What, on DC? Yeah. I love him as a fighter. I don't like him as a commentator, but that is what it is. Okay, and what's your ultimate commentating team? Go. Uh, Anik. Oh, gosh. Honestly, if I could just get Anik, Felder, and... Well, even Felder's rough at times. Honestly, it'd be me and Anik. Just let me and Anik call fights. Fair. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So how hot is it in there? Because today in South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, today, 110. How hot is no it there? No way. Yes. What do you do? Huh? What do you, you stay, do? You, you stay inside and you don't move. <laughs> stay inside and you don't well, move. Well, how hot is it there? Is it does it even get hot in, in Hawaii? Yeah, it's like probably high 70s, but a lot of humidity, so it feels hotter. But Dale, this is this is why we got to protect the planet, dude. Global warming is a thing. No, it's not. You're trying to get me to say <laughs> stuff, and I'm not gonna say you know climate change isn't real. Uh, let's talk about it real quick because Tim said it in the chat. Yoana and Jake Chich retires. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um I just want to get I want to get ahead of these retiring things, dude. Yeah. I really want to get ahead of it. Like going into these fights, I want to know who's got one foot in the octagon, who's got one out. Um I'm a little disappointed. I'm actually even just from her, you know, for her way to go out, why would you do it in Singapore? Yeah. Like that just I think it's it seems a little bit more knee-jerk than it was actually methodically thought out, don't you think? I did notice there was a thing at the end of the fight where she was like taking her gloves off and you could tell um, Mike Brown was kind of talking to her on the side because she was like, she was like, no, 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 no I'm going to put him down. And like, she was like, no, 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 no I'm going to put him down. Like he was, because he probably was off to the side going, what are you doing? Like, what, what's the, yeah. what's, what are you doing? Um, maybe we'll see something where she comes back, you know, maybe like just take another year off and then they'll just bring her back like the boogeyman's back kind of deal. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure. All right. But but again, before we get too far into the show, we do have a main event for UFC Austin this weekend that is headlined by two friends of the program, Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett. So things are bound to get a little dicey. But before we do, uh, I just want to remind you guys that honestly, I mean, it was one of those things where I, I did, did the thing. I know you're trying to get me to react on stuff. I put all the flat earth stuff up on Instagram this week. Um, and I, I know that you, you fully believe that the, the the world is round. You don't believe in flat earth. But one thing that we can't agree on is that resources are finite and we're running out. So if you want some of the best quality meat on the planet earth, you need to do it while the getting's good. And you can do so by going to stayclassymeats.com and using promo code FIST. You can save 10% on the entire thing. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, on the way over here, I was rocking... Rock flag and eagle, man, all over my my clothing. Got some nods. Actually, uh, last night we went to dinner, and um, this guy was getting promoted to lieutenant. Um, First lieutenant or second lieutenant? <laughs> was it silver or was it gold? He wasn't wearing his uniform. He was wearing oh. a Hawaiian shirt and having a good time with his fiance. Then how was he getting? Okay, anyway, carry on your story, not mine. Please. Well, he looked like a military dude, and then he ended up talking, and I heard that he was getting promoted. 
bought him a drink nice guy that i am said thank you for your service and he said hey i like that shirt and i said well thank you if you'd like allegiance clothing you can go to allegianceclothing.com type in the code <laughs> and get 50 percent off he's like that's a weird code what's that all about i'm like you know what another story for another day enjoy your mai tai good sir have a good trip you did you you passed on an opportunity to plug the podcast he wasn't he wasn't nah dude what if he is like <laughs> what if he's like the the director of media for afn and I send it back. I mean, that we could have literally just become like the MMA podcast for AFN. I know. That yeah, hurts. I think about that all the time where you just, in life, you know, all it takes is one person. Yeah. Know? Yeah, 100%. I was also 100%. like slurring and drooling because I was like 10 Mai Tais deep at that Ooh, point. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I was using my back scratcher as my fork. Ooh, I'm a big fan. There is a, let me, let me, let me put you on the spot here. I believe in August... There is a UFC event coming to San Diego. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And I know who's going to headline it. Who's that? Dominic Cruz and Cheeto Vera. Is that the is that the headliner for it? That's probably going to be it. How How do you feel about doing the first punchless meetup when you go to UFC San Diego? I would love that. I'm just giving you fair warning. I know the stadium that they're going to put it in, and it is a piece of shit. I don't care about that at all. Oh, well, you don't care about the experience? I'm going to hang out with you and watch people punch each other in the face. What, exper- no, what more I know experience it's, do it's I need? All good. But tickets are expensive, and I'd, I'd love to wine and dine you, but I can't do that in Cracker Jack fucking uh, uh, Jokeville. Literally, there's a, rest- there's a restaurant two miles down the road from my house called Cracker Barrel. So I can go to Cracker Jack. That's not a problem. <laughs> How old are you? Do you go to the Cracker Barrel? I actually have not been to Cracker Barrel in years, but I loved Cracker Barrel growing up. They have freaking slamming pancakes. Aren't they? They're like an all-you-can-eat thing, right? Uh, no. It's a cesspool. No. no, Golden Corral is all-you-can-eat. Mm, that's what I was getting mixed up with. Yeah, Golden Corral is a, uh, that's, that's a rough spot. That's like a public pool, but a restaurant. <laughs> all right it's real well yeah bad. once they launch the date dom cruz cheeto vera dale lip and trey van busker i think sounds I like a good, good synergy hold on let me see I, I have the date i have it i've prepared for this I've, i'm i'm relatively prepared for this um how about freaking mike perry and mvp bare knuckle did you see that get announced Mike Perry is just looking to die. I think he realizes that being a parent's way too hard and he wants a quick exit out of this world. So he's like, you know what? Let me fight MVP, a guy that's got triple the length and reach and more precision in his striking than I. Let me just get knocked out of oblivion. It looked like I'd die on my shield. August 13th <laughs> at the Pachanga Arena. Pachanga Arena. They changed it 50 times. It was cricket wireless. It was a sleep train mattress center. No one wants their name on that piece of shit building, dude. We could get. You think we get, we can make it the punchless MMA arena? I bet you it's not that expensive. Couple mil, <laughs> just a couple mil. That's it. I don't even think so. It can't be. It can't be uh, any more expensive than the place you're staying on vacation. Jeez, oh man, well, look at that veranda behind you there, right on the water. <laughs> I could freaking see the salt splashing behind you. My goodness. All right, yeah. let's Jeffrey, break down. Two my times. Let's. Let's break this down. I know you got time for the main card and then you got to roll out. So let's get to it. Uh, UFC fight night, Austin Cater versus Emmett takes place this Saturday night, June 18th. 
We will be on ESPN and ESPN Plus for this one. Uh, first fight on the main card, Julian Marquez at 9-2, and two, taking on Gregory Rodriguez. We've got the Cuban Missile Crisis versus RoboCop. Uh, you're getting Julian Marquez here at a bit of an underdog spot. He's around the plus 160 arena, and you're going to get Gregory Rodriguez at the minus 190. Uh, over on our rounds, I don't have – let me – hold on. we got to run the – Jake's busy, so let's run the tickers real quick. Um, da, 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 da. You got it? I got it right here. Overrun rounds is at two and a half. Trey, how do you feel about this? I know. I think you and I are initially opposites here. I think we are. Um, this is one of those things where it's like, well, are you going to put the emphasis more so on the wrestling and ground game than you are the striking? Mm-hmm. A little bit tough with someone like Julian Marquez, who has a very plotting style, but has a good ground game to a certain extent if he chooses to utilize it. I think Gregory Rodriguez is going to come with, in with more energy, have more output and more volume on the feet. But, dude, I love that plus money, and I love an ability to kind of slow the fight down. And someone that has submissions to their name, a slick submission game, Marquez has been notorious, though, for ditching his game plan, which makes me nervous. Um, but that's kind of why I'm going more Marquez in this fight than I am Rodriguez. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is Rodriguez not a black belt that has just recently developed a love for his hands? I mean, it pretty pretty sure the guy's like legit jits, is he not? It's so hard to say who's legit jits and who's not nowadays, I feel like, in the UFC. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, people that have legit jits in the UFC choose to never utilize them. That's exactly what you just said with Gregory Rodriguez. It's a guy that has a good ground game could literally come in and implement the black and white shoot for a takedown, get in half guard, implement ground and pound, try and find a submission. But no, he chooses to stand. He's actually got fairly good footwork from having more of a jiu-jitsu background. Hmm. So yeah, you could say he has good jiu-jitsu, but that's not his game plan. It hasn't been for the past couple fights. So I wouldn't even, I'd say Marquez was, has the ability with the wrestling to slow this fight down and maintain control. What's interesting to me is you look at, you look at 11 wins as a pro, uh, nine of which have come inside the distance. And then if you look at Julian Marquez, nine wins as a pro, all of which have come inside the distance. Normally in a situation like this, where we see inside the distance uh, or guys, you know, literally a combined, uh, what would it be? 18 wins, only two of which have happened uh, to be, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, what's RoboCup has 11. So 20 combined wins, 18 combined finishes, this screams inside the distance, but yeah. I I usually kind of feel like whenever we see this in the in the writings on the wall, it almost plays out to the idea of it, you know, going to decision. And if I'm liking the decision play here, I think Julian Marquez in wrestling isn't bad. Um, this is going to be a good fight. These guys are big boys. I mean, they're you're going to have a lot of body slamming together in there. I, I I'd be interested to see what an inside the distance play comes back at. I'm not going to go and, and look up all the alternate lines tonight. Once the props come out, we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, maybe something will pop up on the card for Saturday. But as of right now, I think Julian or Julian Marquez rather at a plus 155 is a decent spot here. I'm okay with that. I like it, dude. A little missile crisis. And uh, Marvin says, surf boy still in Hawaii? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. I love how he – I love dude just re- relentlessly calls you surf boy. I it's, do enjoy. Cool. It, it's an ode to a hobby I had for 25 years that I gave up pretty much when I had kids. It's crazy how that happens, right? Yeah. You just give everything up. 
I'm actually surprised yeah. you're not one of the guys that had, like puts the baby like in the in the baby carrier and goes and gets on the wave. Oh no, but I actually wanted to be uh, the one that puts the baby in the baby carrier and goes to the driving range. But that's ridiculous. Like, who has that wide of a stance to to do that? Yeah, I, I don't just, understand. You put them on the you put them on your back. Oh, great! So then when you finish, you just clock them in the forehead. Mm, that's a good point too. Golly. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Be bad. They call yeah. child services on you. All right, next fight on the main card. Demir Ismagulov taking on Garam Kutaladze at 12 and 2. Demir Ismagulov at 23 and 1. Minus 170 uh, for the 23 and 1. Ismagulov plus 145 for Garam, or plus 145 rather. I Look, man, we, you've got two Georgian fighters and not state of Georgia, but actual country of Georgia. I know I need to specify with you here on this card. I have a feeling that if you were going to stick around long enough to talk about the Kyle Dawkins Roman Delize play, you would be on Kyle Dawkins. Is that going to influence how you feel about this Garam Kutaladze play, or are you taking Demir Ismagulov here? The Garam play is tough, dude, because he hasn't fought in what two years? I think it's been like two years since he fought, but his last fight, and this just shows how prepared I am. His last fight was against someone super legit, um, but then, yeah, he's been off for two years. Um, he's extremely active. Um, I think this is a tough one, dude, because how, how are you? How are we ever betting someone that's had that long of a layoff? Uh, we should have done it a couple times this last weekend. I mean, but if you're looking at Demir Ismagulov, he won against Rafael Alves, but that I'm not sitting here like loving – that fight, honestly, the, the the fight that I really liked him the most in was the Joel Alvarez fight and the Tiago Moises fight. I thought he I thought he looked good in. Um, you know, if you're going up against a guy like Garam, he's coming off that win over Matus Gamrot, which was a split yeah, decision in, in a fight that I thought Matus won. Um, yeah. You didn't think so? No, I don't. I don't recall dude from two years ago, um, but. I love Gamrot, and I think that the looks that you're getting from a Gamrot shows a lot of strength. If you're even if you're making it a split decision or whether it is a close decision, I think that shows a lot of weight. I think it's. I think you have a situation here where you need to factor in whether or not you're getting a decent price on Garam for what you think he's capable of doing. Again, I know it's not what you what you think a person can do, but what they are more likely to do. And the thing I will say is this, is that I believe based on the, the Gamrot fight that Garam will fight up to whatever level he's presented with. I think that he will rise to an occasion to in fighting a guy like Demir Ismagulov where this fight will be competitive. I don't necessarily sit here with high confidence going Garam is going to win this fight, but do I think he's going to make it competitive and potentially give me you know, an extra 50 cents on my dollar. Yes, I believe that he will. It, it's worth considering. I don't love the play, but it's worth considering. Okay. You cool with that? That sounds good to me. That's fine. All right. Joaquin Buckley at 14 and four, taking on Albert Duryev. Duryev at 15 and three. Joaquin Buckley at 14 and four. If you're looking at this, Joaquin Buckley's a plus 190 underdog on Duryev coming in at the minus. 225. It's a big favorite on a Caucasus Mountain Warrior. Uh, I have a feeling you like Joaquin Buckley here, even though you talk a ton of shit about him all the time. You got Joaquin Buckley on the same card as a guy coached by James Krause, and you know Joaquin Buckley and James Krause just love each other. Ah, oh, dude. I hate Joaquin Buckley so much, dude. Like, honestly, if it was 
Pikachu versus Joaquin Buckley. I'd choose Pikachu, dude. Mm. Anyone versus fucking Joaquin Buckley. He's so overrated. And I swear to God, dude. Uh-oh. I swear to God. Uh-oh. If the UFC posts that stupid knockout of Impa one more time and then writes ninja shit or whatever fucking bullshit <laughs> content they write, I'm so tired of it. Cool, dude. That was like your last hurrah. You haven't looked good since then. Mm. Not that in shape. What? Albert Durant, literally is not that good of a fighter either. Actually, it's hilarious. Go to Tapology and look at his like profile picture that they selected for Tapology. It's hilarious. For who? He looks like a, I don't know, a German DJ in front of an old like 1992 Mercedes thinking it's all like thugged out. Um, I will say quality of competition for Albert Durov hasn't been that great, but there's some spots because he has good submissions. Have we seen Joaquin Buckley look like much on the ground? No, because he has that plotting style. He doesn't have much output. He's a guy that literally is going to pick his shots and he's a very boring fighter. So if anything, I love over one and a half here because that is predicated on this Impa knockout from 2020, dude. I love over one and a half here. Pull it up, dude. Look at that photo. <laughs> That's unbelievable. You know he's wearing like Armani Exchange. He's got his buttons all the way down to the belly button. He's definitely wearing a Dolce and Gabbana belt, and that car is definitely a rental. I mean, it's it's uh, it might be his, but you know, yeah. I, I like dude. I like Duryev in the spot. I I don't know, man. I just I hate. I love it. I I don't. I just don't see where I don't see where Walking Buckley gets done. I I will say this: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on your your idea that Walking Buckley is not in shape. The guy is cartoon proportion muscular. Mm, no, you don't think? No. Wow. He's in shape because he throws no volume, dude. Anyone looks in shape can elongate fights when they're not actually doing anything. He just explodes, man. He just explodes. He sees red and goes. All right, so we're on Duryev here. We're taking Duryev. We're taking this guy. This guy is who we're... Oh, man, I don't know. Look at that. And what he's doing, he's wearing the aviators. He looks like he's like triple X or trying to be Vin Diesel, dude. At moment's notice, he's going to be like, I do this for country. <laughs> I can't... It seems like you're hating on him, so I'm, I'm, I'm very hesitant here. I'm not hating on him. He's owning it. It's like his style's kind of like suspect, but... Suspect style with confidence. I mean, it's 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 beautiful. I mean, this human trafficker chic that he's got going on right now, I think works for him. <laughs> I mean, this guy looks like he would literally give give a girl tainted X in a club in Belarus, <laughs> and then next thing you know, you know, they're having to get rid of her at a local butcher shop. That's what it, that's what he looks like, <laughs> dude. That guy's for sure handling out handing out drinks that only bubble and fizz. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, for I mean, sure. <laughs> just thought, he, he looks like a bad guy from John Wick. I mean, that's <laughs> it looks, oh my gosh, yeah, he, oh, he looks like the, he looks like one of the bad guys from Taken. Oh my goodness, he all does, right, dude. yeah, dude, 100% was an extra in every Jason Statham movie. All right, let's see. Tim Means taking on Kevin Holland, Kevin Holland at 22 and 7. Tim Means at 31, 12, and 1. The Dirty Bird coming back. And he's at a big plus money spot here. Uh, you're getting Tim Means at plus 235 against Kevin Holland, minus 275. Over on rounds here, Trey's at two and a half. I, 
I just like this fight to end inside the distance, if I'm being honest with you. Mm. And mm-hmm. I I think that I like Tim Means a lot. Uh, I like his pressure first style. I love that he's just nonstop volume and he's not afraid to get tagged. The only problem that I have with Tim Means is that he accrues damage personally on himself very quickly. So once you start hitting Tim Means, the, the, the walls start coming down very quickly. But he's like willing to to get to give because he feels like if he can start getting that unstoppable tide of offense coming towards you, you won't be able to to catch him. So it's like it's almost like 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 a gnat. Like he's got to get in your face first before you see him. Because if you see him crawling around, you'll have a chance to smack him. So he's he has to like get in your face first and get you off your game. Uh, Kevin Holland, you want to talk about a guy with low volume. Kevin Holland is that guy. He just wants to talk. He just wants to stand there. He just wants to throw counter shots. Um, I'm not really convinced that Kevin Holland is going to have much of an answer for the 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 output of Tim Means other than the fact that Kevin Holland manages distance very well. He's very good on the ground, and I believe he'll have the power advantage over Tim Means. So if he can counter Tim Means correctly and accurately, the shots will do real damage. It'll be akin to what we saw with the Jose Aldo-Rob Font fight, where Rob Font put out tons of output, but every time Aldo connected, it did damage. This will be a very similar, this will play out in a very similar fashion. Anytime Kevin Holland does anything, it will have gross effect on Tim Means. But Tim Means should be the more active fighter. If I'm looking for a dog that's willing to fight for my money at, at the biggest plus money possible, I you're you're hard pressed to, to beat a guy like Tim Means as far as value is concerned. Plus 235 is a good spot, but I fully expect Kevin Holland to win this fight. Um, maybe just an inside the distance play here based on volume alone or, or the punching power of Kevin Holland. I feel like this is the first time that Kevin Holland's management actually like did something good for him. Mm. Like put him mm. in a fight that's fits to his style. Mm. Um, mm. Careful now. Well, I'm going to say it because dude, careful look, now. look at his resume and who he's fought. The Derek Brunson's, the Marvin Vittori's, the, mm. Uh, even Jacare Souza, all that type of stuff. Those all Jacare, have a though. foundation of wrestling or a ground game, which is very apparent that Kevin Holland does not have. He's been doing mm. grappling tournaments. He's trying to evolve, he, but he's asking freaking Khabib, like, what should he do while he's getting freaking pummeled from a ground and pound perspective? Because he can't get back up. Doesn't have a get up game. Doesn't have a ground game. Black belt jujitsu. But this is like we're talking about, dude. Does he really have a black belt in jujitsu? Jiu-jitsu, I'm sure, is one thing, but as it relates to the UFC, is a completely other. We haven't seen a good ground game from him. With a team, Tim Means, you're not going to get a ground game. You're going to get a guy who's going to do wrist control up against the cage, mm-hmm. you know, work the hips, dig the shoulder in, but take a lot of damage on the way in. Regardless, it's the standing affair 101. So Kevin Holland, who has precision in those hands, and Tim Means, who, like you had said, takes a lot to, you know, control a lot. That's a dangerous spot to be in. So I love Kevin Kevin Hall in this spot. Management did him right here. Nothing's going on the ground. It will be all on feet. It'll be on the feet, which will definitely help him. Uh, the Jacare fight he won. So, I mean, we can't really count that as a bad booking as far as management's concerned. Um, in theory, it was a bad booking, though. In theory, in theory, it was a bad booking, yes. Uh, Derek Brunson and Marvin Vittori, those were, those were bad looks. I mean, they were just trying to – they were – Literally just doubling, doubling down on bad bets there, trying to get him, you know, another good quality win 
Tim Means is the appropriate skill level and name value that we should be seeing Kevin Holland at currently. He's got to get some names put together here. Um, whenever he's hitting anybody with like real power or real name, like a real name, he's falling short, right? So like losses to Tiago Santos, loss to Brendan Allen, uh, loss to Derek Brunson, Marvin Vittori. Like those are, the, I mean, that echelon, he's just not there yet. But he can beat the Alessia DeChiricos and the Charlie Ont- Ontiveruses of the world. Um, that's where he's at right now. I think Tim Means is somewhere in that ground, not quite Darren Stewart, like a little bit above Darren Stewart, but not quite in that next level at 170. So I like Tim Means as a dog. I think you're going to get good value there. I just don't trust him to get it done long term. Um, Probably just inside the distance and hoping for some violence here. Love it. Love it. Co-main event of the evening, Joe Lozon, 28-16, taking on Donald Cowboy Cerrone at 36-16 which is most likely the last fight for Cowboy, at least inside the UFC. Um, minus 170 for Cowboy here, Lozon at plus 145. We were on Lozon back when this fight was initially booked. I am not changing. I will die on this hill. Lozon is going to beat Donald Cowboy Cerrone. You cannot convince me to bet on Cowboy at all. You can't convince. There's no bet I'm willing to take on Cowboy right now. None. None. Zero. I'd pick you over him. I would. I've, I've changed my tune um, and call it the emotional side. I know obviously prior to him get the food poisoning uh, back at, what was that? 274, whatever it was. You're giving air quotes right now. Food poisoning. I don't think Cowboy food. ducked the fight. I think he actually got food poisoning. Food poisoning. You keep doing the air quotes thing. I can't tell what you're saying. I'm saying that, I'm saying that that whole week, all he did was talk about the McGregor fight and how he realized he came up short and didn't want to be there again. You don't sit there and walk around in a negative headspace and then all of a sudden go, oh, yeah, in a day I'm going to go ahead and, and kick things up a notch. You know what I mean? I'm just going to go ahead and now we're going to fight. You literally spent the entire week talking about how you let the whole world down and how everything sucked and that you didn't want to be there. And now you've got Dana White going, yeah, it's a loser loser leaves town kind of situation here. Um, you know, even though Lozon's coming off a win, suddenly he's got to go too, which I don't really understand, but be that what it may, uh, here we are. You've got you've got a cowboy that hasn't won a fight in years, um, and he's going up against Joe Lozon, and he's a complete head case. Has been for years. Uh, food poisoning or not, man, I, I, I just don't think his head's in it. I think Lozon gets it done. Wait, what did Dana say? Dana say this is literally like one's getting clipped? He said, I'm going to paraphrase, but going into the last fight, he said that this fight is probably going to be the last fight. Um, it will, it, it was like the most definitely will be the last fight in the UFC for the loser and most likely the last fight for both gentlemen. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I just feel like even though he was being transparent about the negative headspace he was for the McGregor fight, he was also being extremely vulnerable about how excited he was to fight in front of his kid mm-hmm. and how much that meant for him, mm-hmm. that it was giving him the extra fire to see his dad have his hand raised after mm-hmm. a victorious you know, show. I think you couple that mm-hmm. with putting this event in Austin, fucking cowboy country, dude, that mm-hmm. to me is jet fuel that you can't see in statistics. You can't see on paper. 
there's a human element to this that makes it a little bit more exciting. Joe Lozon, great example. His last win was where? Boston. So there is something to be said with hometown fights or ones that are more cohesive with who you have been, where you are, are going. This is it, dude. I love it. Cowboy I'm, rides out on the distance. Cowboy's going to win this fight. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you real quick when you think or when was the last time that Cowboy rose to the occasion? When the lights were the brightest, when was the last time that Cowboy came through? 2019 when versus versus Alex Hernandez because Alex Hernandez came in and said Alexander Hernandez came in and said you geriatric old fuck I'm gonna beat you up and the lights were like okay here's the young buck here's the old dog who's gonna bright lights and Cowboy comes in and murks them dude do you think that was do you think that was a bright light so we're not going with the title fights we're not going for all we're not going the fact that he he, he all the main event losses we're not going against the fact that the, all the the title fight no shows the mcgregor loss that literally when the lights are the brightest cowboy is like the one that notoriously doesn't show up like he he's known for not showing up when the lights are the brightest like he literally is like the the poster child for my theory on fighters that just refuse to show up when on game day he is that guy you're not fighting Rick Story anymore. You're not fighting Rick Story. We took Alex Hernandez over, or we took Donald over Alex Hernandez because I had said that Cowboy had already beaten Alex Alexander Hernandez before when he beat his uncle Rick Story. They're the same fighter. And what do you do? He going out and beat him the same way he beat Rick Story. This ain't that. Hmm. You want a people's main event this? No fucking way. You, you always do this because what? you... I'm not that passionate about this fight, but you somehow make me extremely passionate about this fight. I'm not that passionate about this fight. I just think, given the momentum, given the location, hmm. I'm going with Donald Cerrone here. All right, I'm on low zone. Okay. All right, let's talk about this next fight as carefully as we possibly can. Calvin Cater, 23-5, and five, taking on Josh Emmett, 17-2. and two. Uh, Cater's at a minus 230. Emmett coming at a plus 195. This is a tough spot. It's a tough spot because I can see how both of these guys can win this fight. I think there's a decided power advantage to Emmett. I also think he has the wrestling advantage as well. But the footwork and the hand speed and the jab of Calvin Cater are a difference maker. And if I look at the way that this fight plays out, it reminds me of the Michael Johnson-Josh Emmett fight where Michael Johnson used foot speed, used octagon control, and used that jab to just basically paint a beautiful masterpiece all over Josh Emmett's face up until the last 40 seconds of the fight where he got caught and knocked out. Michael Johnson was winning that fight, doing everything that Calvin Cater needs to do to win this fight. Head movement, the jab, footwork, hit, and do not be hit. Um, I, I don't know. This is This is an interesting fight for me. I don't, I don't necessarily think that we see Calvin finish Josh Emmett here, which leaves the ability to see a very dangerous Josh Emmett for 25 minutes. This is just a weird spot for Calvin to take. I mean, what? It's it's four versus seven. I mean, Who else is he going to fight, though? I know, but you got to be <laughs> – I mean, this, this, is a, this is a spot where 
you're not getting a title shot off this. You're getting maybe a number one contender fight after this fight. That's a really, really dangerous spot to be in. And I think when you look at camp momentum, obviously with Rob Font losing in not a great fashion, you got Josh Emmett who seems to take these long layoffs off because he gets so injured in his fights, not because people are pummeling him because he does it to himself, Mm. whether it's a torn ACL or a knee thing. He just hasn't had much cage time. But is it too early, too soon for Calvin Cater um, coming off his lo- – no? No, we're talking about he just beat the fucking brakes off Giga Chikadze. He's in no, great No, 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 sorry. What I was talking about was camp. I mean, there's camp momentum. Did you see your best friend just get Oh, Rob Font. Like, yeah, okay. I, got, I understand. Font. Go ahead. Sorry. I think what's tough about this fight is you're going – it's precision versus power. I'm going to quote your favorite fighter of all time, dude, Conor McGregor, real quick. <laughs> precision meets power – speed what is it what is the fucking quote i don't know i don't know i don't i don't i don't precision beats power and timing beats speed Mm. and if Mm. you look at calvin cater and his boxing style his volume his precision his timing his footwork it's all at a much faster output pace than josh emmett josh emmett is a muscle dude who gets inside and can land so heavy he also has a fantastic wrestling ability what Josh Emmett needs to do is slow this pace down, maybe take a couple to give some really heavy shots. But I think Calvin Cater, who's able to have that output and it has that precision and has that footwork, he's going to be dancing around the cage. And I think Josh Emmett's going to be in this kind of chasing mode the entire mm-hmm. fight. I don't see Calvin Cater biting down on the mouthpiece and pulling a Max Holloway versus mm-hmm. what's his name and pointing to the center of the octagon. Mm-hmm. So it's fucking thrill. No. I think this is going to be a chess match, and I think Josh Emmett's going to be chasing. So I think that Calvin gets this thing done by decision. That's where I'm. That's where I'm leaning. Emmett was effective throwing leg kicks in the Burgos fight. I'd be interested to see if he tries to implement some of those here. Uh, Calvin stands heavy on the front leg. Um, I'd be interested to see. Be interested to see if he if he tries to use utilize the, and make Cater switch stances early and often. Um, by beating up those legs. I'd also like to see him dig the body on exchanges because obviously you start chipping away at the foundation and the roof comes down. So if he can start the body early in the later rounds, the hands come down a little bit lower and will leave those overhands that he loves to throw. I mean, I think, I think that cater, I think that cater should win this fight. I don't love an inside the distance play here. I feel like what we said the other week, um, on the uh, Almeida fight is that a play inside the distance is a play on Josh Emmett. If you think, if you think this yeah. fight inside ends inside the distance, that play resides in the hands of Josh Emmett. Um, yeah. What I would love if I'm writing, if I'm writing a book, um, what I would, what I would love. And I know nobody else wants to see this, but me, but that's okay. I would love to see Max Holloway beat Alexander Volkanovsky. And I would love to see Calvin Cater emphatically finish Josh Emmett and then grab the microphone and call out Max again and freaking try to try to re, try to try to bring back and win win back that like some of that. I, I need I need to see Calvin against Max again because I just don't believe that that's the best Calvin that that, that exists. I believe that the guy can fight. 100 times better than we saw in that Max Holloway fight. I know absolutely nobody on the planet Earth, especially the ER staff um, in the Las Vegas area, wants to see Calvin Cater versus Max Holloway again. And it, it, 
nobody wants to see that, but I would love to see Cater emphatically finish Josh Emmett, which I don't think can be done. Um, and well, Jeremy Stevens finished him. Never mind. It can be done, but I would love to see Cater emphatically finish Emmett and then call for the winner of the Holloway Volkanovsky fight, who I believe will be uh, Holloway. Ooh, That's just me. I like it. I think Max won the second fight. The first fight, I will easily concede that Volkanovsky won. Volkanovsky beat Holloway the first time. I watched it. I go, congrats, Alexander Volkanovsky. You're the new featherweight champ of the world. Congratulations. Uh, I watched it the second time, and I said, all right, Max did enough to win that fight. Based on the same criteria that Volk beat the, won the belt from him, he won this fight. And when they gave it to Volk the second time, I was like, mm, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And I say that knowing that we have a huge contingency of people in the Oceania area that listen to us, and I love you all with my whole entire heart. Uh, but I thought Ma I thought Max won the second fight. So anyway, are you hanging out for prelims? Or you got to go. I've got a jam. I've got a jam. Does that mean you got to go? I don't. I don't speak Hawaii. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've literally got to go make some jam. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I've got a bunch of strawberries. I got some stuff I got to do. <laughs> well, as they say in the islands. Aloha, good sir. Is that good? And that's hello and goodbye, right? Yeah. So, should I stay or should I go? Mm, it's a good. That's a good song too. It's a good song. All right. You picked up on that. Give my best uh, to the fam. See you, buddy. Later. Oh boy, full screen. Watch out now. Jeez, oh man, I wasn't prepared for this. Oh gosh, oh man. I guess I could talk about fights just by myself. I guess we could do that. Yeah, that's a thing. Um, all right, let's break them down. Everybody knows people just listen to the show for me anyway, right? For being honest, for being real. If you want to get real for a second, Jake, play some music. Where's the music at? You know, he doesn't know how to play the music. That's okay. I'll play the music. Let's get some slow jams going. Oh, no, it's too loud. That, that's not the one. Mm, not rock. How about? Maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah. Feeding the ducks. Feeding the ducks. Let's bring it down a little bit. Like 20. Okay. So, yeah, we're going to talk about fights. We're going to talk about these prelims. Trey's gone. Just me. Sitting here. Drinking water. Okay, no. We're going to get after it. Look, Roman Delize is taking on Kyle Dawkins here. And if you're looking at this fight, you got Roman Delize, a.k.a. Mr. Steel Yo Girl. Um, just straight up snagged. Cheyenne buys from JP buys, which is just ice cold, right? Um, and he's coming in at a plus 210 underdog here spot. We can probably kill that music, it's actually distracting to me now, Jake. Delize at a plus 210, Kyle Doc at a minus 250 over on around the two and a half. Here's my thing, man. I don't, I don't understand, and Trey's not here, so I'll say what I want. I don't understand the love for the Docs brothers, I don't understand it. I just don't see it yet, and I, I know I sound like a hater every time, and I acknowledge my haterism. I don't understand it, and I want to see something that makes me believe in them. I don't. I really can't comprehend the plus two ten on Roman Delize. What am I missing here? Did Roman get hurt? What's going on? Because physically, he's larger. Uh, the ground game is legit. He's going to hit harder. Outside of cardio, maybe. Um, I know everybody loves the Docus brothers and their jujitsu games. So I guess, I guess maybe we're thinking Docus and we're thinking of my sub 
Do we really think he's that big of a sub threat at the minus two fifty? I'm I'm really not. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't really get that. I I want to take Roman here, but I also kind of feel like the universe is trying to write something here. I mean, you 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 you, you took another man's wife, like straight up stole her. But if she can be taken, she's for the streets anyway. So maybe it's not one of those things. I mean. Cheyenne might be for the streets. I also stand by my decision or my statement. I've said it before. Um, ruffle some feathers here. Shouldn't date or marry women that are named after locations. No Savannah's, no London's, no Brooklyn's, no Cheyenne's. None of those. You, that just If you're dating a woman that's named after a city or a state, it's bad news. It's bad news. You're Georgia's. Nope. Nope. I, I just, that's just me. That's just me. I'm just, that's my opinion. Uh, women that are named after states. Um, if you ever see a woman that drives a, a white Nissan, run, run. Um, hand tattoos, another one. You got to let it go, man. Bad news bears. I think Cheyenne checks all those boxes. I believe she drives a white Nissan. She's named after a city. Um, it's bad. You don't want that in your life. Uh, and then you've got Roman, obviously, again, named after a location. They deserve each other. They deserve each other. Maybe Dawkins is the play here. I don't know. I feel like skill wise, Delizze presents a lot of a lot of situations here that I I like. I don't understand the price tag on it. Um, see, look, this is this is one that I forgot, and I'm gonna. We just need to put it in here in the chat as someone who that dated a Dakota. I agree. That's it's it's you know it's not women's science, but it is kind of science geared around women. It is. I just, I've seen it too much. I've seen it. I've seen it, you know, all, all I mean, all my buddies, most, most of my buddies, um, have been divorced. Um, you know, I have not Trey obviously has not. Um, I got a couple of them that haven't, but a lot of them have. So I've, I've, I've seen the plethora of, 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 of trial and error that happens. I'm an, I'm, a, I'm a student of the people. And, uh, yeah, Jason says, Roman looks disinterested during his fights in low volume. I think the volume, Jason, I think you're hitting it on the head there, man, with the low volume. I think maybe that's the thing, is that his spots are few and far between, and cardio at times can look pretty suspect if you're making him work. So that might be that might be what Vegas sees as well. Um, another one. A buddy of mine dated a girl named Dakota. She was an absolute basket case. I just, the defense rests. We're here. We're, look, we're in the trust tree, right? The wings, you guys are under it. We're just, we're flying together. We're flying high. All right. Um, so yeah, let's let's go under two and a half here. I'm going to take the power, the power of Delizze and the, the submission game of Dacus. Maybe consider an under two and a half, but also maybe just avoid under the premise that God will not be mocked and He'll probably punish Roman. So. Um, Look, we're going to start it. We need to start a fan club. Another person. I dated Dakota too. Who hasn't? Three guys. No, wait. Somebody said they had a buddy. So three Dakota lovers or Dakota, I don't know, Dakota orbiters, I guess. Because you guys were kind of around. All right. Phil Hawes taking on Deron Wynn. Deron Wynn at seven and two. Phil Hawes at 11 and three. Phil Hawes is going to be the big favorite here. We're getting him at a minus 260. Deron win at plus 220. Deron win is on my no bet list. Um, he's too small. He's too small. I know him in DC, they're boys, the style, the wrestling style, all that. The, decent with the hands. 
He's too small. He's just too small. Um, I'm glad Trey's not here for this because Trey hates Phil Hawes. Full disclosure, we will probably not have a play on this fight come Saturday because both of these guys are essentially no bets for us. Um, I'd be looking at over two and a half here. Over two and a half. I think Duran wins. Cardio is enough and his wrestling enough is to keep to keep him out of the way of getting knocked out by Phil Hawes. And then Phil Hawes, obviously, D1 wrestler. Um, usually when you get wrestler versus wrestler, you get throw, throwing of the hands, and neither one of these guys want to get knocked out on TV. So I, I think an over uh, is probably going to be the play here. But full disclosure, you probably will not see this on Saturday uh, coming on our slip. All right, Eddie Wineland taking on Cody Stamen. Cody Stamen, the biggest betting favorite on the card here at a um, – Depending on what book you're looking at, you can see him as high as minus 550. Eddie Wineland plus 385. Eddie Wineland, despite losing a lot of fights, just signed a four-fight deal. Said he's going to ride out these last four fights, and then he's going to retire. So we know that the end is in sight for Eddie Wineland. We also know that he's desperate for a win, right? And if you are an old-school WEC or just an old-school fight fan like myself, you love Eddie Wineland. And this, this one hurts my heart a little bit because I expect – Cody Stamen to just wrestle him to death. I really expect him to wrestle him to death. If he chooses to stand and throw hands, um, things could get spicy. But as Eddie's gotten older, he is not as durable as he once was. Do I love Cody Stamen as a parlay anchor here? Probably. If I'm being honest, probably. <laughs> I just, I love Eddie. I just don't see where he wins this fight short of just sparking him. And he's going to have to. I, I just, there's no other place he wins the fight. He's not going to sub him. Uh, he's not going to out wrestle him. He's not going to beat him over the course of three rounds. He literally has to spark Cody unconscious. That's really the only play here if you're on Eddie Wineland. I just don't see it happening. Stamen is a parlay anchor. I hate to throw those heavy juice guys at parlay anchors, but. This one seems pretty solid. This should be a fight that Cody Stamen should win. And if he loses this against Eddie Wineland, he should probably reevaluate a couple things with his career and what he wants to do. Just being honest. Maria Oliveira at 12 and 5, taking on Gloria DePaula. DePaula at 6 and 4. Maria Oliveira at 12 and 5. A little bit of women's science here. Uh, DePaula to minus 265 favorite. Oliveira to plus 225. I don't love any woman that's not Shevchenko um, or. Jermaine Durandamy or Nunez at over 250, minus 250. Um, I, I just can't – I can't play any woman at that. I won't touch it. Conversely, Maria Oliveira, one of the worst weaves I've ever seen, but I think that she'll – I'm, I'm going to play her at plus 225 just because women's science. I just well, – I women's underdogs at plus 200 money, there's just no reason not to play. There, this women's – Women's science, women's MMA is a casino. It's just a game of chance. And it's a 50-50 chance every single time. This is a roulette, red or black. Take your pick, red or blue. Place your bet, and that's it. It's just it unless it's Shevchenko, Nunez, or Jermaine Durandamy, there is no reason to not play a women's underdog. There's no reason not to. And, and hell, we just saw it. Just case in point on Saturday night when Talia Santos arguably won that fight. Depending on how you score rounds. First three rounds without the accidental clash of heads, things were spicy there. So, I mean, do what you want to do. Ricardo Ramos at 15 and 4, taking on Danny Chavez. Chavez at 11 4. Ricardo Ramos at 15 and 4. 
Ricardo Hamos is a sizable favorite here, minus 300. Danny Chavez, plus 250. Hamos is one of those guys that gets a lot of love but doesn't really have any quality wins. His best win is over Bill Algio. Best win over Bill Algio. Chavez, I don't love him either, to be honest with you. He's got a little bit of dog in him. I want to call him a Mexican fighter, but he's Colombian. I'll, I'll make sure I get the South American countries right. Um, it's the same kind of style, right? We're going to bite down. We're going to walk forward. We're going to try to bang. He's going to be there to be hit. Ricardo Hamos, you know, doesn't really handle damage all that well. Um, not exactly the grittiest dude that's on the roster. Don't expect a ton of, from him other than just being really fast and accurate. Um, very, very accurate with his strikes. Uh, should win this fight. Should win this fight. But Danny Chavez is a live dog. Can, worth considering at a plus 250 over rounds of two and a half. Probably go inside the distance here. Buy yourself the extra two minutes and 30 seconds. Inside the distance. Uh, Hamos is going to throw everything he has at Danny Chavez. And Chavez will be there to either take it or give it back. And Hamos is not the most durable dude on the planet Earth. Doesn't wear damage well. Doesn't have a lot of grit in him. Um, I, I think that you. I think you see a, a, a very, while it lasts, if it lasts, a very violent fight uh, inside the distance here, for a potential fight of the night. This one could be a banger, or a highlight for whoever wins. Yeah, I can see it. All right, Court McGee, twenty-two and ten, taking on Jeremiah Wells at ten and two. Jeremiah Wells, Sean Brady training partner. That'll be the big narrative. Um, something about that Sean Brady gym makes everybody built like a Ninja Turtle. Big thick boys coming out of there. Uh, Jeremiah Wells is exactly that. However, he is the underdog here against Court McGee. I don't love Court McGee as a favorite. If I'm being honest, I don't love Court McGee as a favorite. I love Court McGee by decision. As you guys know, anybody that's listened to our show, two things we always talk about Court McGee. Court McGee by decision and Court McGee substance, substance abuse. They love to talk about how he used to be an addict. They love used to talk about him being on tough. And they love that Vegas loves Court McGee by decision. If I'm on Court McGee, I'm on him by the decision side. He's not knocking anybody out. Um, maybe a sub play if he can gas Jeremiah Wells out. Maybe if he even goes for it, but half the time he doesn't even look for the finish. He just tries to just smother. Um, but I'm going to wait and see if I can get this line where Court McGee is actually a plus money. This is close enough where we might see the line switch. If the line switches to Court McGee by or Court McGee is the underdog, I will play Court McGee money line and by decision. Excuse me. If it stays where it's at currently. I'll just take Court McGee by decision. Court McGee by decision is like Holly Holm for by, by decision. It's literally the male version of Holly Holm by decision is Court McGee by decision. I cannot remember the, when was the last time Court McGee finished a fight. Hang on, it's been a, it's been eons. There's there's a good word for you today. There's a, there's a not a five dollar word, but a, a three dollar word. It's been eons since Court McGee has finished anybody. Um, all right. Let's see. The last time that Court McGee won a fight, he beat Ryan Jensen in 2010 by arm triangle. It's the last time Court McGee finished a fight. So, um, if I can get McGee at plus money, I'll take a money line as well. In addition to the decision prop 
if not, I'm probably just going to take the decision prop just to just give me something at McGee plus money. So I'm going to pl- I'm going to get McGee at plus money one way or another. It's either going to be one play or two. So, all right, uh, we've got Jasmine Jusavidia Juice just Jasuda Vidish Jasuda Vicious Jasuda Vicious Jasmine Jasuda Vicious seven and one. Natalie Silva, 12 and five. I just said I don't want to take any woman over plus 250. And Jasmine is just right up against it. She's right up against it. But damn it, if she didn't look good her last fight. Super dominant, lost money on that play, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, she came out with all the power of Canada in her and got the win over Kay Hansen. Now, that being said, we now realize that Kay Hansen is not good. Not good. Um, she's good at selling feet pictures on the internet, uh, but she is not really good at the whole, uh, fighting for money thing. So don't know how much weight I want to put in Jasmine's win there, but she is going to fight Natalie Silva, uh, promotional newcomer at a jungle fight. And you know, Trey loves jungle fight, right? I'm really upset that he's not here, um, to, to defend jungle fight. Now, if you look at mutual opponents or opponents that have fought inside the octagon, she does have a loss to Mahina Rodriguez. So her only opponent that she's ever fought that was good enough to fight in the UFC, obviously, is Marina. And Marina, we know, is very, very good. And she lost that fight. So uh, if it's jungle fight, we know she can get it done. Jasmine has a win over Kay Hansen, who is not a UFC-level talent. These women are fairly even in that regard. I will say this, though. It's very rare to see hyper-aggressive women, and Jasmine is that. So... That being said, I will take the hyper aggression that is Jasmine here. I don't, I'm just literally saying that for the show, I don't anticipate playing her at the minus 235 spot because I don't trust women enough to do that. Um, but if you want to take the promotional newcomer that's winning fights in Jungle Fight at plus 200, knock yourself out. I will never tell you not to bet a woman's underdog ever. Um, be hypocritical of me. Tony Kelly at eight and two, taking on Adrian Yanez at 15 and three, featured prelim of the, of the night and the last fight we're going to talk about. Tony Kelly at plus 260 and Adrian Yanez at a minus 310. We get Adrian Yanez um, in all of the boxing glory that is Adrian Yanez, and we get him against a guy that's more well rounded, truthfully, in Tony Kelly. Tony Kelly's got a little bit of stink on him right now. People are upset um, about what he said in the corner. When he's cornering Andrea Lee, they said it, you know, racist or whatever the case may be. Didn't really seem like that was the play, but I feel like we're getting a little bit extra stink on him with this price. I think this fight should be more competitive than this. Um, but Adrian Yanez is super good. My only knock on Adrian is he's, he's a slow starter. He's got to work his way into the fight. He's got to get the timing down. He's got to get his hands flowing. Um, and that leaves some opportunities to Tony to frustrate him early. If he can kind of crack him a little bit, we saw that um, Randy Costa, when he fought Adrian Yanez, had a lot of success with the jab, a lot of success, and he stifled Adrian early and was doing well, and then just kind of ran out of ran out of gas, and then started accumulating damage, and then ultimately just gave up. Um, but he frustrated Adrian early. He really was able to get out there and get in his face, bust him up a little bit, and get Adrian off of his game. Tony Kelly's got to got to duplicate that big time. He has to. He's got to get out there, and he's really got to. He's really got to get after him um, early 
if he wants a shot at this. If he allows Adrian to work his way into a fight and chooses to stay on the outside and and throw hands with Adrian, it's going to be a bad night. I, I can't imagine at this point anybody's watching watching Adrian Yanez. It would take a certain level of narcissism, which a lot of fighters are, but it, it would take a certain level of narcissism to go, I'm going to outbox Adrian Yanez. People are going to be amazed at my ability on Saturday night because I'm going to go out there and I'm going to outbox Adrian Yanez and I'm going to I'm going to knock him out. There, there's a certain level of of narcissism that would come with that. I don't believe that Tony Kelly's that. I believe Tony Kelly is going to go. I don't want to bang with this dude. I got to figure out a way to close the distance, get him up against Cage, try to take him down, make him work, um, and make this fight ugly, like a dog fight, ugly. Um, because if I stand at distance and try to exchange with this kid, he's going to light me up. I think he knows that. Um, he might be uh, unintelligent, but he's not dumb. If that makes sense. Adrian Yanez minus three ten though probably seems like the way to go. Might, might probably seems like the way to go. All right. Um, what plays on Saturday? It'll be all over social media. We'll put it out. Um, look, man. I mean, our broken clock is right twice a day. You have good weeks, you have bad weeks. Last week was a bad week. I doubt we have a, sec- a second bad week. We take the same approach every week, taking the same approach for the last two years. It's made us a lot of money this year. We're still just, we're grinding, man. It's it's a work in progress. Um, if you're looking at us on um, the Bet MMA page, I believe that our return on investment unit-wise on the year is like 28% uh, ROI. So we're out we're, we're outpacing the stock market. So we're doing better than that, 28% ROI. I mean, it's better than nothing. Uh, it's better than negative ROI. So um, if you followed us along from the very beginning, you bet what our bank, your, your bank rolls increased. And at this point this year with what we got going on, I will I will take what I can get in that regard. So um, it is what it is. There are no excuses. We continue to march forward. I just honestly love just being able to chop it up with you guys each and every week. Uh, we've got some guests lined up coming up. We're going to um, potentially have a couple big heavy hitters in the podcast game coming on and break down some fights. And then I know some of you have reached out and expressed interest in coming on as well. We'll see what we can do. We might do a, um, a, uh, an open format where we'll send you guys all guest links and you can, you can hop in and we'll just have producer Jake plug you in and we'll, we'll, we'll just sort of chop it up with each and every, each and every one of you. Uh, that wants to join the guest link, we'll put it on like Instagram or Twitter or something like that. It'll throw you right into the studio with us in the middle of a show. It'll make producer Jake earn that paycheck. Um, it'll be one of those nights where we'll make that happen. So um, we got some stuff coming up for you. We're just going to get through uh, get through this week and then start gearing up towards 4th of July. And then we've got 270, what is it? 277 is the next one, I believe. So we'll get it done. I do want to say something real quick. Uh, I try to look at your little, you guys' little avatars and all that stuff in the chat. We've got a lot of guys in here that wear suits in your picture. And as a person that doesn't trust the government, it makes me nervous that there's a lot of you suit wearers in here. A lot of feds in the chat. I don't really uh, – we're going to have to do some background checks here because uh, it seems like we got a lot of fed boys in here. A lot of glow ops going on. Uh, so if you wear a suit and tie – I'm looking at a couple of you. You know who you are. Um, we got to talk about this. I need, I'm going to need to see some credentials here because uh, you, you make your boy nervous with all this, uh, the current state of the landscape with red flag gun laws and everything else. Goodness gracious. Uh, although T 
Tim, the one suited and booted guy who's always in here. I believe he's he's an Aussie, so or at least allegedly online. I mean, he could definitely just be living in Northern Virginia. He could be in uh, he, he could be at the, at the compound right now. You'd never know. All right, Langley. Yeah. So, uh, oh, Jason Kurt says, can we get a Tiger Queen crypto update? Whole bro. First of all, you're wearing a suit too, which makes me think that you probably work for the SEC. And with the way crypto's going right now, I don't want to be hemmed up for any sort of uh, sort of issue here. Hold on, so let me let me pull my wallet up here. I, I'll tell you this much: it's not doing great. It's not doing great. Again, just it's not it's not been a, a good year financially for your boy. Although I did I didn't get a raise at work, so I'm pretty happy about that. All right, let me pull my wallet up here. Let's see what we got. Um, Mm -mm. this is bad bad podcasting by the way if you can uh if you can believe it oh boy safe moon's in real bad shape if you guys were in on safe moon yikes all right let's pull the wallet up let's do tiger queen nice i currently have over a billion tiger queen um i'm a, I'm a billion billion holder uh and let's see tiger queen as of right now um Let's see, is uh, it's up four dollars and twenty cents on the day. So I made four dollars and twenty cents on the day. I don't believe that um I don't believe that it's doing well overall though, if we're being honest. I'd have to I'd have to get on to Pancake Swap and look at it, but it's not good. It's not good, Jason. It's not good. Um so I appreciate you asking. He says suits pay the bills. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. You look like a freaking fed. <laughs> Oh man, I love you guys. I actually, I really do. Uh, appreciate everybody supports the show. If you don't already do so, follow us everywhere at Punches MMA. Talk to you all this week. Always do. Um, shoot us a DM or follow us on Twitter or do whatever you want to do. And uh, we'll talk to everybody this weekend. Be good to each other. We'll see you guys.